Well, good morning to you all. Again, you know, Miss, Miss Shannon said it. We had a great time on Friday night. Well, I think it was our best Christmas party ever, the best Christmas party we've ever had. And uh, I, I've been known to say that about every event that we have, but that's okay because I really do believe every event, when it comes and after it goes, is the best event that we've had. So I'll continue to be that way. And then yesterday was so amazing. And, uh, you know, we brought my little man, and he was just the love of all the old ladies in the room. And it was awesome. And uh, I just, you know what, amazing, as Pastor John shared it, but Noah, Noah really couldn't speak. I mean, he, he says a few words, and he hardly waved to any of them. And what I saw yesterday in, in my son is it must be the way that God sees us because there's just such an innocence in Noah and, and in the kids, and there's still an innocence in you that God doesn't want robbed from you. And there's just a purity that comes from the heart of a child that they don't know any better. And they, they minister just by being there. And you ministered, whether you felt like you said anything or did anything or said the right thing or the wrong thing, you ministered just by being there and being yourself. Thank you so much for going out of your way on a Saturday morning and making that difference yesterday. We love and appreciate each and every one of you. You know, this is one of those weeks where I was like, God, it's, it's, um, it's uh, you know, about 10 days before Christmas. What are we going to talk about on a Sunday morning? I've already talked about Christmas for two weeks now. I love Christmas. And then Friday happened, and I said, okay, Lord, I know what we need to talk about. And, you know, I, I want to I talk to you a little bit about what has happened on Friday and hear from you as well this morning. There's a few things that I want to share with you. I want to start this morning um, by opening up with, these are some immediate posts on Facebook from some of my friends uh, after this happened. So between you know, the first few hours of what happened on Friday, these are some of the posts that I read. Just turned off the TV. Now is time to be still and know that God is in control. Here's another one. My heart is filled with sadness. There are 26 people dead, including 18 children. And this is before we knew any of the numbers. Because of one man's madness, when we are looking at this tragedy, we ask ourselves, why? My heart goes out to the parents that said their last goodbye. Here's another one. Hugging our son a little tighter today, we're horrified at the news from Connecticut, grateful for the safety of our family, especially today on our son's second birthday. Another one. This can't be real life. In tears over those poor children, Hold your babies extra tight. My heart is so heavy as a parent. I can't imagine what those families are going through. This world becomes darker and darker each day. My prayers are going out to every person touched by this horrible tragedy. We live in a sick world. This is just messed up. Thoughts and prayers going out to the families involved with the elementary school shooting this morning in Connecticut. Yes, I said elementary. People are crazy. Who takes out kids? Really? You coward. It's an elementary school. Wow, this world is ridiculous sometimes. Thoughts and prayers with all affected in Connecticut. You know, this is, this is a tragedy among tragedy. And when you see this type of thing, the first question I think, and one of my friends said it, is when we see this type of thing, the first question that we want to ask is why? And I have to tell you that why can be asked over and over and over again. And when you have gone through tra tragedy, even if you are to receive the answer to the question why, it still doesn't take away the pain, and it still can't change the circumstance and bring those children back. That is a pain among pains. 
And I want you to know this morning, it is so important. We're going to take a look at some different things. But I want you to know this morning that if you, and Pastor John said this when he was on the radio on Friday, if you and I are grieved by this horrific tragedy, we're humans. How much more must the heart of the Father of all creation be grieved at this tragedy? You see, sometimes we ask the question, why? And we ask another question, God, why did you let this happen? And we're going to take a look at some of that stuff this morning. But what I want you to know, the reason we played that song as we began this morning, you know, one of my friends here said, this world gets darker and darker. And I want you to know, the Bible teaches us that where sin abounds, Grace does much more abound. Think about that in our world today, where sin and where darkness abound and where they try to overshadow everyone. There is a light that shines in the midst of the darkness. And that word grace is empowerment. So where we find sin and where we find darkness, there is empowerment from the Spirit of God in us. We are empowered by the Spirit. We are empowered by this light to go and be light bearers to our world. So while our hearts grieve, we can rise this morning and we can have a hope. Would you open up your Bibles, please, to a scripture that we have been looking at uh, before, a scripture I shared when we led worship that Sunday. John 1, please. You know, and this ties in with Christmas because this is what it's all about. John chapter 1. Go to John 1, 1. When you get there, say, I got it. John 1, 1, if you're there, say, I got it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, who is God, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not my Bible says, comprehend it. The darkness did not comprehend it. Does that mean that the darkness did not understand the light? What does that mean there? What does your scripture say? Or what, 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 what might that comprehend mean? Just think about it. Katie? Exactly. That word comprehend means overcome. Read it again with me now. Verse 5, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome the light. You know, light is an interesting thing because we could black out this room right now, shut every single light off. And you know, if we only put one of these little, not an entire strand, but one of these little tiny light bulbs on it, that's all we did the light would still shine. And you, the darkness, even though it's everywhere else, cannot squash, cannot overcome that light because the light always overpowers the darkness. The light always shines in the midst of darkness and it cannot be overcome and it cannot be overpowered. And you know what is so interesting? My wife had this great analogy when this tragedy happened. She just thought about, I don't know if I'm gonna get it right, but I'm gonna try. I, I wanted her to share it, but she thought about, these children 
children are, are the essence of innocence. They are God's heart. They're so innocent. And then she thought about Jesus being raised up on the cross. Jesus was innocence crucified to the cross. And the devil thought that he was winning by nailing Jesus to the cross. But what he was doing was crucifying innocence. And in the midst of that, it was a dark time, but the light still shined. You cannot take out the light. The light will always shine. And that same light that was risen up on that cross, that same light that is eternal lives inside of each one of us. The Bible says that light is the life to all men for all who would believe and for all who would receive. And so today our hearts might be burdened and overcome. We think about our schools. We think about, you know, our brothers and our sisters who went in elementary school. You know, it used to just be when I was growing up, I mean, this, type, this thing, this almost exact thing happened at a, at a high school. And, and I can't tell you how much that marred me in 1999 coming home from school and watching that, that news over and over and over again about Columbine. Well, this is a different type of pain now. This is a new level that this would happen happen in an elementary school. And it's so important that we don't let this destroy us, that we don't let this darkness overshadow us. That's what the enemy's trying to do, to overshadow us and to get us to think that he's winning. But guess what? He thought he was winning when he nailed up Jesus on the cross, but it was the Father's plan, and it was a plan of redemption. So although it might seem like there's darkness, there is a hope. And I want you to know something. This is so crucial we cannot escape, and I'm sorry, we cannot escape tragedy in this life. Death comes to everyone. We don't know the time, and Pastor John was talking about that. And I'm not talking lightly. This is painful what's happened. But not just death. Tragedy happens in life. We saw tragedy on the faces of people yesterday. I, I mean, I saw some, some people contorted and their limbs completely shriveled up, and I had never seen that like that before. That's tragic. And I want you to know that there is still a hope. There is still a hope, not just a promise of hope, but there's a hope right here now. I want you to follow me a couple books to the right to First Corinthians, uh, Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter one, please. There is a hope and there is a light and his name is Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. If you're there, say, I got it. Okay, let's read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Pause. I just want that to sink in for a minute. This scripture hit me years ago. He's the God of all mercies and the God of all comfort. Now that word's going to be important as we keep reading verse 4. God himself comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the same comfort that we ourselves are comforted by God. God comforts us. He's the God of all comfort. See, that is our hope, that when tragedy strikes, if we hold on. Now listen, I've been through tragedy before in my life, okay? 
And sometimes the only thing that you feel like you can do is hold on. You might feel like Jesus is way out in front of you and you're holding on to the hem of his garment and he is just dragging you, but you're holding on. And sometimes all you feel like you can do is hold on, but it's so important to know that God is the God of all comfort and he is the light that shines and he will bring us comfort. And as he brings us comfort, we learn how to comfort others. Since the scripture is so beautiful, our hope is that when we face tragedy, God is our comfort. I have no idea what these parents are going through. So for me to pick up the phone and call one of them, what could I offer them? You might have no idea what these parents and siblings are going through. So if you pick up the phone, what could you offer them? But God is the God of all comfort. And you have to remember that God gave all, which means God lost all for a moment in time. He gave up Jesus, his son. He knows what it's like. And so our prayer as we pray for these folks is that God would be their comfort because he truly knows how to comfort them. There's another hope that we have that I want to show you, and that comes from um, Proverbs, verse 3, 5, and 6. And you might know this scripture, so go back to Proverbs with me. I want you to see this. This is such an important hope, because I'll tell you, these are things that we don't understand. Proverbs chapter 3. Turn back there with me, please. Our present hope is that God is our comfort. Our present hope It's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. If you're there, say, I got it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. We all want God to be directing our paths. We all want God to make our way straight and to show us the way to go. But you know what? Sometimes we just don't understand the things that happen in this life. How many of you can fully say that you really understand, you know, why this tragedy happened? We, we don't understand this type of tragedy. We do know that this tragedy ultimately happened because there's evil in this world. That's the reason all tragedy happens. God doesn't bring out this evil. There's a scripture I shared with you weeks ago. God is light, and there's no darkness in him. That means there is no evil in God whatsoever. God doesn't look to do bad things to people. The enemy, your adversary, the devil does. And when something dark and tragic like this happens, it is because he is doing it and not our God. But God wants you to know that you can trust him even when you don't understand See, it's so hard because a tragedy comes and and it hits all of us and even every one of us. I know you're touched by this even though you might not be, you know, directly connected to Connecticut. But we're all touched by this and it's painful. And the question is, well, God, why did you let this happen? God didn't let, God didn't allow, God is not allowing this type of stuff to happen. But there is evil in this world. There's evil in this world. And I want you to know that Jesus came and he described God as a loving father And he said, if you being human people know how to love your children and give them good gifts, how much more does your Father in heaven know how to love and give good gifts? Why do we turn? Why do we turn on God at this point and say, God, why? How could you? God is grieved at the very thought and sight and and hearing of this as you and I are grieved. And so it's important that we learn to trust him even when we don't understand. We learn to trust him even when we don't understand. 
We do have a present hope. Friends, I'm telling you, we have a present hope, and his name is Jesus. And if you and I as the church, as young people of God, walk out these doors, and we don't see the light, and we don't see the hope, then what is it that we have to offer the world? I can't tell you. I went out grocery shopping for a little bit uh, on Friday for, to prepare for the party, and just, just to see the faces of the cashiers, to see the faces of the workers. This tragedy was so horrific that it touched everybody. And then Saturday morning, going out grocery shopping again, you know, people just, just saying, can you believe that? They're looking at my kids and they're saying, man, can you believe that? This, this, these children are so precious. And our response has got to be, that is why the world needs Jesus. It's not about gun control. It's not about, you know, law enforcement. That is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the light. He's the only one. He's the only way. And we have that gift to offer others. That is our hope. Jesus is our present hope. And Jesus is also our eternal hope. There's another scripture I want to share with you today to shed a little light, to warm your heart. Turn to the book of Revelation. Most people think about Revelation, especially at this time of year, where the 21st is rapidly approaching. And they're like, oh man, the end of the world. Well, I got to tell you, Follow me to Revelation chapter 21, because I'm going to put some joy in your heart today. I'm not, but God is. Revelation chapter 21, and I want you to go to verse 3 with me. Now John, John is on the island of Patmos, and he's had this revelation by the Holy Spirit, and he meets up with Jesus, and, and he sees all these wonderful things. And in Revelation 21.3, if you're there, say, I got it. John begins to write, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. Oh, our hearts long for that. And, he sh and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Isn't that what our heart longs for? Verse 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Guys, that is our eternal hope, that one day the pain and the tragedy of this world will fade away and there'll be no more tears. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain. God himself will be with us. There'll be no more darkness. Don't miss the fact that we have a present hope. He is Jesus. But we also have an eternal hope. And that is the light that shines forever, the eternal light of Jesus Christ. Now this morning, just like my friends posted on Facebook and I posted, you know, sometimes just talking about stuff helps. And I want to tell you right off the bat, I'm not going to have all the answers to your questions. I am not God. You know, we don't understand. We do not understand all the things that happen. We do know that there's evil in the world. So I don't, I don't know that I have any answer for you this morning, but I do know that sometimes just talking and sharing your feelings, asking a question, and just encouraging one another helps. And we've got a little bit of time today, and I just want to open up the floor. Right where you are in your seat, you can just share if there's a burden on your heart, if there's a question that you have. You know, I want to open up the floor. Again, I'm not guaranteeing you any answer. But I do know that it might help you to talk about it. I do know that it might help you to, to ask a question. So is there any question you have? Is there any burden that's on your heart that you want to share today? Anything that you want to say?
even from our adult staff and the staff in the back, anyone here that wants to share something or wants to ask a question, is there anything you're wondering about this incident? Not the details. Is there anything you're wondering about, you know, the children? Mr. Mack, and then we'll go to Julia. Julia? I don't actually know. Like 10? Yeah. I don't know. But We're six years old. Mr. Mack? That's an excellent point, Mr. Mack. Thank you. Who else? Any questions? Any any comments? Mr. Kevin? That's an excellent point. I think sometimes, you know, now obviously, like you said, this guy, you know, he's already dead, but there are people like him, that type that, you know, might, might, we might not think about, you know, that they're way far off the deep end. No one can save them. And that's an excellent point that God can come near to anyone and has through the power of Jesus. Yes, Julia. I completely agree with you. 
You know, I, I think that that, and, and you know, sometimes, Julia, it's hard as Christians uh, to say that, you know, that, that, but, but we want you to know, you know, like when you look at the book of Genesis, that's what Joseph said. Joseph said to his brothers who betrayed him, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. And we're not going to talk about, I don't believe God intended this at all. I know that God didn't make this happen. Mr. Max said, you know, that's a great point. This person had a free will, but God is so big that even in the midst of tragedy, you know, his name can be made known and he can be glorified. That, and that's something that I can't even understand, you know. And we don't understand all that. That's an excellent point. What else? What else? I, I have a question that came up in my spirit that I feel like God answered today, but I don't want to go there yet if you're not. I want to keep the floor open. Yes. That's an excellent point. Thank you. Who else? Something to say? Question to ask? Just a comment? No? Okay. You know, I got up this morning, and I think I'm, I, knew already, I already knew the answer, but I, I was trying to prepare in case this question came up, and I'm glad because none of you really seem to have the question. You know, I, I think when, when you're asking the question about age, I was wondering if you were going to say, you know, um, can, we be, can we be sure that all these kids that died are in heaven? You know, is that where you were going? So what you were thinking, and this is great. Oh, thank you. So you did have the question. See, God was preparing me for a reason. I initially woke up this morning. I thought, okay, God, I believe in an age of accountability, as I'm sure you do. Now, I don't know what the age is, God, you know? And so it's interesting because I began to study the scripture this morning. I began to look um, at some different things. And I found this interesting website online that brought me back to the Old Testament. And um, the Old Testament, God required that everyone of the age of 20 and older would be counted, so they were 20 and older. And also, when the time came uh, you know, to, to give, it was those who were 20 and older. And when the time came that they had to die, that the Israelites had to die off in the desert, it was those who were 20 and older. So everyone who was 19 and younger got to pass on as the next generation. Now, I have no idea what the age of accountability is because Jesus was found in the temple at 12 years old, you know? I don't know. Josiah was on the throne at eight years old. So I can't stand here before and tell you that, you know, I know the age of accountability, but I do have some scriptures that I wanted to share with you in the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 11. You can look this up later. Proverbs 24, verse 11 says, are you going to say, hey, God, we didn't know. It's not he who judges the hearts capable of understanding that you didn't know. God will repay each according to his work. And that scripture stuck out to me because it reminds us that 
A child does not yet know the, good, the difference between good and evil. And so I think we need to settle in our hearts and rest in our hearts that these children are in heaven with their creator. And I, there's another scripture that I have to show you. I have to make sure I have it here. Would you go back to the, uh, to the book of, uh, let me find it. Yes, go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, 39. I think we need to have that comfort this morning. And we, you know, we granted don't know everything, but I want you to see this scripture this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 39, please. When you get there, say, I got it. God is speaking here. Now, can you just pause for a minute and look up at me? I want to tell you. What's happening at this point is the Israelites are grumbling against God. They've already found out the sentence that they're going to die in the wilderness because, they're, uh, because of their unrighteousness and unfaithfulness and disobedience. And they're saying, oh, God, you're just going to let our children die off and not inherit the promised land? And this is God's response in verse 39. Moreover, your little ones, as in children, your children, who you say will be victims, who today have no knowledge, Knowledge of good and evil, they shall go in there, and to them I will give it, and they shall possess it. See, God, oh man, this just made me, I was, this morning I was telling my wife, this made me fall in love with God all over again. Yes, God is judge, and he's a justifier, but man, God is a father who loves. These children have no understanding. They might do wrong, but they have no understanding of good and evil, and I think we can rest this morning knowing that these children are with the Lord. I can't guarantee that. I don't know what the age of accountability is, but I think we need to have that rest and that hope. And God is so good. What other questions or concerns might you have? Don't be shy. If, you, you know, if we can answer them, we'll try. If not, it's okay too. No? What I want to do this morning then is I just want to gather, just like we do sometimes. And I, I don't want to leave today on a somber note. You know, it's hard. This is sad. This is Christmas time. I actually I have to shut my mind off when I think about those parents who, you know, are going to bury their kids this week and then have Christmas Day come next week. That is painful and that is ungodly. But we rest in the hope that God is their comfort. And that's what I want to do this morning is I want to pray for God to be their comfort. Listen, that's what we can offer them. I don't want to leave on a somber note. There is a light, and he is Jesus. There is hope, and he is Jesus, and he is in us, and he is the hope of this world, and he wants to be seen through us. So this morning, would you just come and join me up here? We'll just gather around and just hold hands and just begin to pray. And it's okay to cry. It's okay to weep. It's okay to let your heart cleanse.